awesome. What's going on? You are listening to Tags Podcast, a.k.a. Talk About Gay Sex, which we're going to do, I promise. I'm your host, Steve Rodriguez, alongside my two long-lost co-hosts, Jeremy Ross Lopez. How you doing? Hey, hey, hey. I'm well. Lincoln, how are you doing? You're Hello, everybody. York. Yes, I'm back in New York. It's a riot here in New York City these days and everywhere else in the country. A riot. Yes, exactly. So much to talk about today. Uh, let's just get into it. But first, I just want to, I haven't talked to you two in a moment. I miss you guys. And like real that. quick, yeah. And let's start with you, Lincoln, real quick, because I know, um, you know, our thoughts and our prayers have been with you because I know you've been in California with your mom and just in a nutshell, like, how, how you doing? I'm hanging in. Uh, Peter and I were out there for four and a half weeks. You know, I can't get too depressed about everything I didn't do because I'm pretty impressed with everything we accomplished. It was a lot to do. We had to do all the, and for everyone out there whose parents are still alive, things like healthcare directives and power of attorneys and making sure that their accounting, their accounts are set up and that they're not driving if they can. It has been every single day, another fire to put out. And uh, my mom is doing much better since she got home from the hospital, but she's definitely not the woman she was six months ago. Mm. And I'm doing everything I can with medication and doctors and home health care nurses. And, um, you know, I got her the, the 911 button around her neck in case she falls down and someone's not there. And all those things have been... Um, another full-time job to be completely honest. So I'm back in New York now until we'll see um, in the weeks ahead how she's doing. And I also Mm want to see how New York is doing because the streets are filled with kind of madness right now. And, and while there's a lot of stuff online for the bakery, you know, the traffic in the city isn't up yet. So I might, I might close the bakery again for a week or two around 4th of July And then again, around Labor Day or, you know, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas when I can kind of close and get away with it. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's just um, it's a hard time. And it's a it's another thing. You know, it just seems like there's so many things these days. Just know that our thoughts and our prayers are with you and your mom. And I certainly know with an 82 year old mom, how and Jeremy's Mm -hmm. so close to his mom. I know you can attest that, you know, we're we're thinking about you and, thank you. and anything you need let us know so oh i love um, that thank you absolutely absolutely um we will get into what's going on jeremy let's oh how you've been doing i know you're outside of the where are you because <laughs> last time i talked to you you're not in boston actually you're in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, you're like oh my god you're in new hampshire i'm like yes yeah. Bitch, it's they're close to each other. <laughs> so my my mom lives in New Hampshire. My dad lives in Massachusetts, and they're about like ten minute drive from each other. So uh, I was actually just telling Steve that I recently went to a restaurant for the first time, and it was definitely different. And I mean, here in New Hampshire, they're becoming they're uh, loosening up on all of the rules and restrictions, and so. We just kind of went out to dinner last night and of course everything's like far apart and everyone has masks on and uh, it's all limited menus and 
like certain things can only be ordered certain ways. And, but I mean, we just had to get out. So yeah, I was explaining all of that to Steve the other night. And I mean, it's been nice just because the weather's been nicer. So I feel like everyone's getting a little uh, itchy just to get out in general. But I, I definitely applaud those that are still totally not out outside and just staying inside still. I just, I've been inside for so long now, every single day. I'll update you really quickly because you can also watch my live show every week where I divulge far too much information, TMI, every week (laughs) on Sex with Stevie, uh, the live show from 10 to 11 p.m. on our Facebook page. But I will tell you this, that I went to one of the clinics here to get the antibody test for the coronavirus, and they talked me into doing the swab test to see if I have the coronavirus and my results came back and I was positive for the antibody blood test. In other words, for, and we all know that it may or may not be an indication that I really did have it, but it did say positive for the antibody blood test, but it also interestingly enough came back positive for the swab nasal test that as if I have and of course, I was, how could I have both positive results, but with more research and looking into it and a friend helping me like, hold on, girl, I've got, I, there's, I think I know <laughs> what's happening. Yeah, there's a spreadsheet chart that he sent me that some hospital had put out that if you, if you are positive in the, the way I was for the swab and positive for the antibody, it could just mean that it's picking up dead cells like you're not currently infectious and you don't have the symptoms. It's just picking up like from your lungs, the old dead cells of the coronavirus. And that's why you're getting that positive um, in both areas. But just to be on the safe side, I'm going to do it, you know, in a couple of weeks again. Yeah. Um, I think the likelihood that I probably did have it now is pretty secure though, since both are picking it up. Right. When we went to California, the moment we got off the plane, uh, we went straight to labs because we talked to our doctors prior to leaving. And Peter and I have never had it. We had no antibodies for it. There's no proof that we had it ever. So that was our result from just the blood test. We didn't get the nasal swab thing. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, And good thing you did it like right away. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm going to a house with someone who just got home from a hospital both are in their 80s. The last thing I wanted to do, you know, was give them that in, in addition. And we were there for four and a half weeks, basically in quarantine there in California. So it's interesting. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, happy Pride Month. It is officially tonight is June 1st. That's insane, right? It is Pride Month. And I know Pride is going to look a little differently for everyone this year. But it really is. I know last year for the three of us, it was the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. It was World Pride here. We had such a good time. But this year is really the 50th anniversary of the, the March uh, and it's also in San Francisco as well. I couldn't help but... So there's a lot of celebrations. There's going to be some great virtual celebrations that I think we should all tune into to really have that pride spirit. Because 
pride is important for us, but I couldn't help but think of what's going on right now. And I think as I even speak, I can hear uh, protesters outside your window, Lincoln. And, yeah, and, there's some yeah. guy on 8th Avenue screaming his head off, and there are 11 cops now walking up 8th Avenue towards him. He's taking all of the construction pylons and putting them in the street so cars can't drive. The one, the one ironic thing that I wanted to parallel our pride and why we have constantly and continue to fight for our LGBTQ plus rights is I just wanted to say from at least my standpoint from a tags podcast, you know, creator that we stand for black lives matter here. And I'm just going to put that out there. And I do. And I definitely I'm for the the people that are and they really are it sounds like they are outside your building they certainly were uh peacefully protesting alongside cops i can attest to this i just saw it a few minutes ago before we went on air uh, peacefully protesting is a part of our constitutional rights and how can we on, on pride month not celebrate our own and and so many of our black allies have really stood up for us that I just want to put it out there that Black Lives Matter and I stand for the peaceful protesting that is going on now and and condemn the atrocities that we've seen in the news. And I don't want to get too in-depth with all that, but I think it's important to state that. And yeah, you know, yeah. And and I know that San Francisco Pride has put out statements on that. I know the Leather Archives Museum in Chicago, which I highly recommend also is stand, is saying Black Lives Matters too, because I just think this is a pivotal month for us and we fought so hard for our rights and our all of our rights that we need to really stand for our African-American brothers and sisters. <coughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything you guys wanted to say on that or just, you know, comment. No, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I I think that it's definitely a rough time, especially after what was what came before and I think it needs to be said and heard and I definitely think that safe protesting is great. I agree completely. And there's a big difference between the marches that I've seen and a lot of my friends have been in going across the Brooklyn Bridge up and down up 6th Avenue down 7th Avenue. They're they're happening everywhere and it's really breathtaking and it is our democracy in action. Mm -hmm. uh, doing graffiti and bashing windows is not happening in the same spirit of that protest. And it's heartbreaking because you don't know who opened that store. You don't know who, you know, I think Whoopi Goldberg was saying last night online that like there could be a black family saving up all their money in the world to open a nail salon. And now it just got thrashed by people that, have nothing to do with the people the standing up for their democracy. It's it's just yet again another mess that we're we're in the middle of. It's insane. I definitely agree, and I just want to. I I know that because I I hate these atrocities that we see and businesses that we all know and love or or don't even know. No one no one deserves that to happen to their business, the looting and all of that. But I do think it's good to differentiate and to talk about because I think sometimes we can get caught up in the chaos and talking so much about the chaos that's happening and not recognizing that that's a small 
portion of people that are not related to the people that are exercising their constitutional rights that really are and they have nothing to do with that and Mm -hmm. and 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 i think that needs to also get enough attention too and not always so for me to just constantly focus on the atrocities that we're seeing before our eyes and it reminded me because i was reading an article today on uh new now next that sam manzella wrote he was talking about seven riots rallies and protests that propelled queer liberation and essentially he's saying that before our march and the parade that we all know and love there were protests riots and other acts of insubordination Mm -hmm. that the gay that the LGBTQ people activated at a time when police brutality was also at an all time high. And I'll list it on tagspodcast.com because they list several of these early riots that did occur that weren't necessarily peaceful. Uh, Everything from act up protests to riots in San Francisco with um harvey milk and the other interesting thing right now is you know there's a curfew out for i saw (laughs) that and i was like oh my god i can't even imagine new york being on a curfew they said (laughs) it's hopefully for one night but i saw it's something like 11 p.m right till 5 yesterday on 19th street at 4 30 in the morning some big group of people came down the street and bashed the window at the salon next to the bakery and the doors to Dwayne Reed. And um, I'm happy. I mean, I'm happy there's a curfew because I don't want people to get hurt and I don't want people's businesses to get destroyed. Right. But I still want action to be taken. So it's hard, but that's where we're at. Yeah. They said that there were 8,000 cops going to be out in New York tonight. Yeah. It's, I was riding my bike around the city yesterday and I did it, earlier the the interesting thing is that i'm such a night owl but during this quarantine i haven't been out at all past you know seven (laughs) o'clock at night and so it doesn't really i seem to keep avoiding all that so it's fine for me yeah but and it's interesting because i'm just wondering have we forgotten in some ways that we're also in a you know there's a pandemic still going on outside that I know. In uh, in London or in the UK, actually, they've actually implemented a rule that sex during lockdown with someone outside your household is illegal starting today. They write having sex in your own home with someone from a different household is illegal from today after the government altered its coronavirus legislation. I don't know how they're going to. How are you going to enforce that? Well, exactly. But and how they really went to great lengths to implement this restriction because it says the amendment to the health protection coronavirus restriction bill states no person may participate in a gathering which takes place in a public or private place indoors and consists of two or more persons Mm. Uh, previously going to another person's home to have sex would have been a breach of coronavirus lockdown restrictions but now both parties could be prosecuted under the law. 
<laughs> so yeah, so I Incredible. guess I will be coming to your place, Lincoln, for a three-way over there right. with you and Peter. <laughs> 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 Can't we do it during through bubble wrap or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, during Gay Pride, uh, some people are doing everything they can. There's the AIDS a virtual AIDS walk happening in New York this Sunday, and it's going to continue in LA and other major cities. Um, but one. One porn company, Family Dick, is actually going to donate some of their funds to the LGBTQ Center. It says the studio and its parent company, Say Uncle, have acknowledged that COVID-19 has caused charitable organizations to lose funding and support. And these groups depend on donations to survive and provide for the community. That's why, as you can see in the poster, Say Uncle Family Dick will be donating $5 for every monthly membership purchase between June 1st and June 6th. And for every annual membership that someone purchases, the company will donate $25 to the LGBT center. Um, and I was struck by it because the first scene that they're showing on Family Dick is a guy that was on my live show, Greg McKeon. And if anything you know about these Family Dick porn scenes that they promote they tend to be like an older guy with like a twink or a oh, twink. Really? yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're cool i've watched them it's getting really loud outside um they're definitely their own style no doubt right it, it's like my friend greg who's like younger and then there's a twink twink in this scene that he's performing and then there's an like a older, like I shouldn't say older, but like a mature guy that they're fucking. And I don't know, it's kind of hot, right? There's something for everybody. Oh, totally. It's fun. You know, we've been talking a lot about prep on the show for so long. Are we taking it? Are we not taking it? And some of our listeners wanted us to talk about on-demand prep or people also call it event-based dosing. And it strikes me because I know the two of you and I have been talking about, I think Lincoln, you said you're in a monogamous relationship now and there's no, you have, you're not t currently taking it. And I know Jeremy, you said you haven't had sex in a while and you're not taking it. And I yeah. said, I'm not for other reasons, but there's, although it's not approved currently by the, FDA, Food and Drug Administration. Other countries have approved this, including the San Francisco AIDS Foundation. And essentially what you do is you take two pills. So we're talking about event-based dosing or on-demand prep. You take two pills at least two hours before you're going to have sex or a minimum of 24 hours before you're going to have sex. Wow. Then once you have sex, you take one pill 24 hours later and then one more pill 24 hours after that. It kind of makes sense in this time frame that we're all quarantined because maybe there's a lot of people like us that haven't been taking it because we're not sexually active with strangers. I just think that it, it makes sense and we're not recommending it here on tags podcast or anything we're simply saying what other countries have uh, have said that they're endorsing and mm -hmm. i don't know what do you think of that jeremy i mean i i it's interesting i it doesn't sound like something i would do i think uh i have just decided for myself i would be able to wait at the like specified time frame that uh, I've been told from my doctor. 
So, I mean, I, I don't think it's something that I would recommend, but I, I what do you mean you would be willing to wait? Willing to wait. Like the, I believe it's two or three weeks, five or seven days that you should be taking it in your system before being uh, sexually active. So you you're saying that you would want to wait that period. Yes, before. Okay, let me push back a little bit, Jeremy. Let's just say in New Hampshire, you're out and about one day with your brother and you meet this hot guy who has a like a hot ass and you decide to meet the next day. You wouldn't want to practice this like dosing? No. I would no. I would find we have so many other options. I mean, it's called a condom. Yeah, right. But like, I'm saying yeah. also. I mean, you. Don't <laughs> to, I'm also saying not even that as an option, but also just that you can do other things. I mean, you can make out and rim and jerk off and any of that. So I mean, I don't know. I think I would still wait to be honest. I like it. I like it. Um, my I think only, I, go ahead. My only comment about that is I had a really strange reaction to prep. So when I started prep, I took it in the morning with all my other vitamins. Mm-hmm. And all day, I felt like I was on roller skates. Like I felt dizzy and weirdly like lightheaded, tired at times. And some people told me to take it at night. <clears throat> So I started taking it at night and then I couldn't wake up for a while. So I started taking it at four in the afternoon and at four in the afternoon, it worked perfectly. And after two weeks and my system was used to it, I could take it in the morning with my vitamins and I never looked back. Like it was, oh, there was a little adjustment period. And it was mainly through my research online and asking people, how did you do this? How did you do that? That gave me the solution. If I was to take and, and, one time, maybe twice, I forgot I took it and I took two pills at once and it screwed me up for like a day. I just felt, so I think it depends on your system because it did not work for me that way. So taking two the day before and one after and three before, uh, no, it just, I, I know my system. Maybe now it wouldn't matter, but it did when I started it. And to to that point that everybody responds differently we were i think jeremy and i were talking about a couple weeks ago about the mr bullet leather guy that's i'm a current guest on his show he has a podcast and he was saying that for him he kept having a reaction to it took him forever to get i think he had like a rash and it was just wow yeah and then finally he his body recognized it but he was saying for him although he i think he only has one partner and he's in quarantine and not having sexual partners he was questioning for him that it might be good just to continue to stay on it because he's built up that immunity that is working with it but that if he went off of it he would he's predicting and dreading that he would have to go through that process where he would get the that reaction again and you know, I non-medically said, well, maybe for you, then it makes sense to just stay on it. Right. If you want to continue to get the benefits that we know PrEP can have and, and everybody like like we're all talking about right now has to then make their own decisions. Right. Correct? 
Totally. Mm-hmm. We should just say that the intermittent dosing, which is the thing we're talking about, the 211 regimen, has been endorsed by health officials in Australia, Canada, France, and the UK. Mm. Um, and the International AIDS Society, US, has endorsed it as well. But currently, up until this point, not the Food and Drug Administration. So, you know, it, it could be a conversation to have. Um, personally, I think I. Uh, might try this route and it's funny because it did say for people that were kind of leery about getting on prep taking a daily pill that this could be Mm -hmm. a way to go about it and like i said i'm currently not taking it and i have Mm -hmm. my reasons we've talked about it on other episodes but currently i'm not sexually active with anybody but I would think that maybe this summer, if I met somebody, then I might try this plan two one one. And mm-hmm. you know, I think it's. I think what everything is pointing to is an awareness that we're all going to have to have as we approach our summer. Definitely, sex, everything. Everything is just we're going to have to kind of question everything and see how we feel about stuff and. I don't know. Right. I think like you said, it does come down to what you what you choose for yourself. I mean, what you feel is the best decision for you. And I think it's always good to practice making those decisions rather than having either peer pressure or other people tell you how you should do it. You should conduct it the way that you feel best. Totally. Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, recently we had talked about, I believe we talked about on the show, and I know, Jeremy, you were the one that we're in a group chat. You sent us a video of a, I think they were calling it Rona and the Rave, of some gays in New York City that during quarantine put together sort of like a circuit party at someone's apartment. And I think the party Mm -hmm. moved and they had a DJ. And one of the participants that was there is a dancer in the club scene and was flaunting it on social media. And we don't, we talked about this, correct? Yes. Yes. Well, I wanted to do a follow-up on it because I always think it's good to follow up. And I know so many people were condemning those guys. And one of the guys that was posting that, that I'm using flaunting at the party is on a current web series that I was talking about on my other show called The Circuit. Dan DeLeon is one of the producers, one of my friends, and he, this this guy, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but essentially they did an episode, the producer wanted to do an episode after that to give these guys, one of the DJs and this dancer guy, a chance to respond because they're still in production for this web series, The Circuit, and mm-hmm. the producer essentially I'm gonna. I'll I'll put it up on tagspodcast.com. I want you guys to watch it. It's short, but he puts them on blast because the producer is essentially saying, "You're you, you almost fucked up my whole web series. Do you know how long I've been working on this series? And do you know how much hate mail you guys are getting and how it's spilling wow. into my web series?" And that's crazy. He actually said it like that. Socially distanced in an interview on this. current episode four of the circuit and one of the DJs goes no I don't know how long have you been working on and he's like for over a year and for you guys to just flagrantly 
do this and put everything and so, but he did actually give them a chance to respond. And the episode's really compelling. I won't go through the whole thing because I want people to watch it. I'll put it on tagspodcast.com. But essentially, they realized that they made a mistake and they have different reasons for the, the choices that they made. And mm-hmm. I think Lincoln recently said something when someone apologizes for something that's not critical or detrimental. I think it's the time for, I really believed their apology and it's, and they take full responsibility. And I think it's a time for forgiveness in the name Absolutely. of gay pride. And, and I believed their, they, their reasoning as to why they just said, essentially they made bad choices and got lured into something that escalated. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they found themselves at, and they really apologize to the frontline frontliners that are that you know they just and I, I don't know it was good I don't know I think what do you guys think of all that when someone makes a mistake like that in our community you know I mean well, I I completely accept it I just I I definitely I'm not here to tell people what to do or what's wrong or right I didn't think that it was a good decision but I mean I also completely understand all no one's perfect and i think when you apologize you have to accept the apology i don't think you have to accept the apology well you accept the apology because there's certainly not enough forgiveness in this world right now if ever but certainly right now it doesn't necessarily mean we all go to lunch the next day or chit chat you might see that person differently Mm -hmm. but accepting apologies are the rage, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. they should become the rage. Mm-hmm. And an apology only works if you don't do it again. Right. An apology only works if you don't repeat the behavior or repeat the intention through different behavior. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think the the jury's out if that apology is really going to stick or not. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, but it's a great riveting episode and I think you guys should watch it. And I'll put it up on tagspodcast.com. And I like that there was sort of like a follow through with all this story because that story, at least in our gay press, dominated the air, the news waves for a period of time there. And it was kind of cool to see, since they have this reality show out right now, to kind of loop around and to get their perspective. And for me, it was like satisfying, like a good reality show. I skipped the Real Housewives that week because of this, you know? (laughs) Um, Do you guys know that porn star Antonio Biagi? Yes. Mm, Not sure. He's, I know you do, Jeremy. (laughs) I've seen him at MAL before. Right, at MAL, yes. He is currently running for city commissioner in Wilton Manor, y'all. And yeah, um, this this post goes on to say that uh, gay porn star Antonio Biagi headline, he made headlines in 2015 and 2017 for his use of racial slurs on social media and and a 14 thousand dollar defamation lawsuit was filed against him for allegedly harassing a black virginian man now in a series of social media posts and and so he recently launched a gofundme page for his campaign 
He's a former Raging Stallion star. He claims that he's running for the city commissioner in Wilton Manors, Florida. And I followed him a little bit because I know he segued from his porn into producing porn into a spa salon in the Wilton Manor area. And that's one thing, but I've had my own interaction with him because I tried to get him on the show a few times. And mm -hmm. one time I reached out to him, like DM'd him and asked him, oh, hey, I would love for you to be on the show and from the podcast. And I think I told the story before that he kind of like ripped me a new one and said, I don't know who you are and, and you need to email me at this email. I mean, it was kind of really like unnecessarily rude and bitchy. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like me giving him press. And so it's interesting that he is kind of getting slammed because if it's true that he's running for this, he's been blasted because he said some, and he's Latino, like Puerto Rican, and said some things against African-Americans. And I won't even say the things that he's said, but one of the things he did post, um, I'm just going to read it. He says, I'm so afraid of the beehive. Keep twerking and voguing. That will pay for your KFC on my way to one of my three businesses. Great day. Good Lord. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, Jeremy, I know you have an opinion on this. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Dou <laughs> douche, right? <laughs> yeah, she needs to take several seats and just shut the fuck up. Exactly. Exactly. And Sometimes you just have too much to say. And if you want to get places, that's not the way to do it. It's not the way to do it. Absolutely not. Um, as someone that I think could run for office in New York City, do you have an opinion, Lincoln? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That would all catch up with you, right? <laughs> um, I I don't know. I think karma is a bitch. So whether you think that kind of stuff or say that kind of stuff out loud, it's going to come back in the long run. And if you want to make progress for positive change for everyone, especially if you're already, we're all in a minority by being gay. Everyone's in a minority anyway, no matter if you're gay or not, or, right. you know, like, come on, we're, we're all in this together. And we're so separated right now that, that comments like that just, I hope they're not going to fly anymore. Once we get to the end of, all the layers of dismay that are in this country, you mm -hmm. know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And lastly, uh, I had a, a guest on the show who's been on the show several times. He was on my show last week, Finn Deerhart. He's a sex and intimacy coach. And he had this exercise that I'm going to do this week. And it's essentially about exploring our fantasies. And he's a true believer that if we really look at our fantasies, the fantasies we've conjured up in our heads throughout the years that we may currently have, that fantasy is kind of, can be, look at ourselves and be really revealing about our sexuality. And actually we can look a little bit deeper into why, you know, why we are the way we are. And it can actually be kind of a, a positive experience. And I, I'll post it on tagspodcast.com, uh, the video and the exercise. The exercise, essentially, he's saying that when you write down your fantasies and you don't edit them out, 
and you freely write, and often so many of our fantasies come from when we're younger, that when you go back and you look at them and you underline all the, the key words, the verbs, not like the small mm-hmm. words, and then you have you do sort of a word association. So for whatever word you underline, you write down what that might pull up for you now. So whether it's maybe like power or authority, or you might come up with an antithesis or what that word actually really represents. And you get kind of a, an insider look at a deeper side of your sexuality. In, in other words, not just, you know, eliminating sperm and fucking, but right. our sexuality can tell us a lot more about ourselves. And I'm going to do this. I'll send you the video if you guys want to explore it. But I was looking at our TV pilot and I have my own fantasies. And I was wondering if you two could share some of your, maybe one fantasy that you've carried on from when you were younger. And Lincoln, I was looking at the footage from our TV pilot that is going to come out at some point. Um, you were sharing a story of a guy that you hooked up with in San Francisco on that episode. And it was a simple thing of this older guy, because you were a younger Lincoln. And he was after you spent the night and he was reading the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And would <laughs> can you talk a little bit? Was that like a fantasy? And what did that fantasy represent? Well, you know what? It was such a um, it, it goes back to the the company you were talking about with uh, the AIDS walk. That fam, what's it called? Family, family. Um, you just said it. Of a more mature man oh, that most. Of the, say again. Family Dick. Yeah, oh, family. family Dick. Dick. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, it's that. That is that was a actual like. Oh, I am in the bed of a man that's twenty five, thirty years my senior. And look at the way he put his life together. Look at his morning habits. Look at the way he makes coffee or the way he's actually reading the Wall Street Journal from cover to cover. He's actually, you know, very engaged in the way he gets dressed for work. And it it played out daddy fantasies and it played out um, things that had been flying around in my head for so many years of, is that even possible? And it was just happening right in front of me. And it was very effortless. And I loved, I still, it's funny, we were just in San Francisco because of my mom and two days out of it, we went into the city and just drove around because it's still shelter in place out there. So there's no one really in the streets. And we drove by that apartment building and I could still feel that excitement just being in that neighborhood. And it's like 30 years later. You know, 40 years later, Jesus. Uh, No, not really. But it's so long ago, but it still is tangible in my mind. And something when I was young, because I was a big Donahue Oprah watcher when I was young, and Dr. Ruth was on one of those shows, and she said, fantasy is huge. Play out every fantasy you can in your mind with your partner, but then playing it out beyond that might hurt the relationship. But Mm -hmm. keeping fantasy between you and your significant relationship is really nutritious for that relationship. And that's always stuck with me also. So I love fantasy. And I don't think you always have to um, play it out 
to the umph degree. You want to keep that mystery in your mind that it could happen one day. You definitely could. And this exercise does have you kind of play it out if you want to go there. And I think what's kind of cool about your story, and I, we've been looking at it with our editor, and so these stories are fresh in my mind, and you told me <laughs> so great on the oh, show. But it, it it's funny to me, the first thought I had is, it's funny because the the actual sex that you guys had is not the thing that is in your head. It's that, like, it probably was great, but the thing that really triggered for you and probably been driving by was the next day and that whole thing that wasn't necessarily sexual, but it was fantasy-like, and it right. wasn't the act it. of sex. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when people, like, say like hey daddy or you're a daddy now or <clears throat> i'm on grinder and i just turned 40 so now i'm a daddy that seems so simplistic of something that sexually can have so many different layers in behavior that's a in the label. Way you, yeah and it's like no you're actually nothing having to do with the daddy because you turn a certain number or you grew a beard it's like play it out get deeper in it it's like, it's same with the leather community. It's like putting on a harness and going to Folsom. Yay, I'm into leather. Are you really into leather or is it just a day for you? You know what I mean? I do. And I, I, I like that conversation both in my community, in my close friends, with Peter, because the conversation surrounding all that is what makes that a fetish or what makes that a developed human being with many layers of, and it's not always about being masculine. It's not always about the typical things. Sometimes it's the little itty bitty things mm -hmm. that really give it the texture that make it so powerful. And Jeremy, I know I've made you tell this story before, but you talk about, I think you were in kindergarten or nursery school and they were reading a story to you. And it's, it triggered in my head where you and another friend of yours at that age, you were reaching into his overalls. Yes. Oh my God, that story. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the butt obsession started early. Right. And it's interesting because it's kind of continued, right? You're Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's always been there. And I think it's only been emphasized more and more with age. And I, it's not necessarily a, a fantasy, but it, it kind of is in a way. I mean, it's, it's definitely like the, I don't know, it's all day you dream about it type of thing. I agree. And uh, I'm going to do this exercise this week. I'll send you guys the video. I'll put it up on Tag's podcast on how you do it. Mine, just really quickly, I, I, I was emailing Finn and talking to him and I said, what if you have more than one fantasy? And he says, you can do it for all of them, this exercise. But one of mine had to do with when I was in gymnastic practice and I always seem to choose like a, another gymnast that was maybe a few years older than me. And I think I was starting to have a little bit of a voice. I used to be so meek and humble as a kid gymnast. But in my adolescence, in high school, I was getting a little bit more of a voice and I was horny. But I would <laughs> pick fights or just kind of push or tease one of the other gymnasts that I liked. And one in particular, I would, at the end of practice, we always seemed to like, he was like, do not touch me again, or don't do go there. And I would just do it. 
because I knew that he would then run after me and I would run for my life and he would always catch me and we'd end up in this wrestling tangle that we would pin each other down. And to this day, like I still like wearing wrestling singlets and wrestling every once in a while and getting that aggression out. And I think it's, it has something to do with, I'll do the exercise and let you know, but probably with power constraints and domination and, and respecting your elders. Uh, but it's, I don't know, it's kind of, it could be a fun exercise. Be careful though, because be right. ready to, yeah. <laughs> you might pull up stuff that you, you're not ready to deal with, but I think it could be a lot of fun and give us a little bit more insight into more than just the fantasy and, and so forth. So, um, and on this week and every week from here on out on Patreon, I'm doing a dark and dirty after show about my fantasies. I'm going to talk about a different fantasy on every episode and yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'll light a, a dark candle and turn the lights down so I get in the mood. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and and then I'll 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 do it and I'll get throaty with my voice, of course. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. You can support the show by becoming a Patreon member. You can go to patreon.com forward slash talk about gay sex. Um, thanks guys this has been really great it's good to hear your guys voices again i miss you we miss you a lot and i i definitely want to ask you lincoln um as a small business owner and on the front lines is your protein bakery open for business back up again i am now that i'm back in town i'm open 12 to 5 monday through saturday we're still doing shipping all over the world actually so you can order online or stop by, um, if you walk by straight to the front door, no one's coming into the shop, but I can shop for you and, and give you whatever you want. <laughs> and follow Lincoln on Instagram at MadLincoln or at... Wait, Protein Bakery. At Protein Bakery. Follow Jeremy at J. Ross Lopez on Instagram and he posts so many great things. Um, thanks you guys thank you for doing this yeah continue being safe and healthy but be sexy yes yes. (laughs) and we'll talk to you soon thanks